All right. 
let me say this. You know, Carolyn's brother, oldest brother Bobby, is a retired lieutenant from the state police, and he sent Carolyn a thing yesterday evening from one of his fellow state troopers that was at the Trump rally in Newport News uh, there on Friday night. And he said, I didn't know what uh, we were going to be getting into. And he said, when I got there, he said, I saw thousands of people, black, white, Hispanic, Asians of every kind, and said they were so cordial to us and thanked us for our service. And, and just everywhere I turned, he said, they were speaking to me and telling me how much they loved us and appreciated our service and to protect them. And he said, on multiple occasions, I actually teared up. And, uh, uh, and, then, and he said, and then later on in the evening, he said, the, the BLM people came out. And he said, they cursed us and used such foul speech against us. And uh, he said, there was one man drew a line and said, I dare you to cross over this line. And told him what he was going to do to him. He said, I stepped across the line. He said, he backed up. Amen. He said, they're nothing but cowards. And I'm telling you what, if the church of the living God and the people, you should make sure you vote in this election. If you've never voted, you make sure you sign up. And the, the registrar is open right now. And you can go vote in person now. Don't do a mail-in ballot. Go in person the registrar's office right up here at Taswell. You can do that. They're open every day. But it's time for the church of the living God to stand up for right. Sing just a little more of that, please. Stand up for right. Join in the fight. Be a soldier.
good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, feeling the presence of God in our midst. I was, uh, went to Alabama there Friday. I left Friday afternoon, got in there to the viewing at 6.30 and uh, stayed there in the parsonage there where I used to pastor. And the cows woke me up about 2.30. Alabama time, and I said, if I ain't going to sleep, I just might as well make tracks. So I prayed on the way up the road, and I got to thinking about Brother Phillips' message Thursday night. Tremendous, tremendous message. Made me want to be more of a soldier and a fighter for what's right. We're, we're in the end time, church. Never seen such an hour as what we're in right now. But you know, God is faithful to his people. And if we'll be faithful unto him, he promised us a crown of life. Certainly good to be here. Trust I can say something today that will encourage you on your journey. If you have your Bibles, like to read with us in the book of Psalms, we'd like to begin. And I certainly need your prayers today. I realize who I am and how helpless I am without the Lord. Amen. Psalms 80 and verse 18, the Bible said, So will not we go back from thee. In other words, we're not going to turn back from you, God. So will not we go back from thee. Quicken us, and we will call upon thy name. Turn us again, O Lord, God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Amen. And you know, <clears throat> in Luke 17, and I'm just going to kind of uh, breeze through this, this is a story of uh, the ten lepers. And the Bible said, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Oh, I want to turn to him for everything in my life, don't you? If you have your Bibles in Second Chronicles, verse 30. Second Chronicles, verse 30. And I want to begin reading in verse 8. Now be ye not stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves unto the Lord and enter into his sanctuary, which he hath sanctified forever. And serve the Lord your God that the fierceness of his wrath may be turned away from you. For ye 
For if ye turn again unto the Lord, your brethren and your children shall find compassion before them that lead them captive, so that they shall come again into this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if ye return unto him. You know what they did, church? Some of these, they did the same thing that so many are doing today. The Bible said, but they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. I want to preach for a little while if God would help us and anoint us and you pray for me on turning back to God. Verse 9 said, for if ye turn again unto the Lord, for the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return unto him. You know, that's, that's the most important thing for a lost individual. If they can only realize, if they just turn around and come back to God. You know, how do you get back to God? By turning yourself around from the direction you're going. The writer in Hebrews 10 and 38 said, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. You've got to turn to the Lord. The writer said here, if, if, uh, uh, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And so, church, in, in my way of looking at this, that would be a, a foolish thing to put in the Word of God if it could not be done, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, uh, if there's no way anybody could draw back, why even mention it in the Word of God? And so, you know, the writer in Proverbs 29 said, A fool uttereth his mind. And God did he didn't waste words in the Word of God. God did not waste words. And, uh, you know, uh, every word in the Word of God is precious to you and to me. God put it there for a purpose. If any man draw back, he said, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now, you can go back. And I want to I talk to you uh, uh, of, of getting back to God. Those that have went away. And brother there is many. That has went away. This church could not even begin to hold. Those that have went away. If they would only come back. You, you, you start out. You know there, there, there's many different stages. In our life. We understand that don't we church. You know you start out as a baby. You may be even a crybaby. I don't know. Amen. But. You know, and you, you pass on to what is called childhood. And then from there you go to adolescence, and you go to teenagers, and then young adults, and then adulthood, and then dadhood, and motherhood. There's many stages in our natural life, and there's many stages in our walk with God. Amen. And, uh, you know, uh, there can be more than one working on you at the same time. Well, I hope you'll help me this morning. I put a lot of prayer and study into these scriptures. Feel like the Lord dealt with me to try to, to help you. Some that has drifted away. Amen. 
can get back. In our relationship with God, there's many different stages that we go through. Number one, Paul wrote in Ephesians 2 and 1, he said, You hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. You're just a sinner here. In this, in this uh, 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 verse of scripture here. Verse 12 said that at that time we're without Christ, having no hope, and without God in this world. And, and, and you know, there's so many people in their life, they look at themselves and they say, I'm hopeless. There's no, there's no, that's why the suicide rate is so high. Because the devil has commenced, uh, convinced so many people that there's no hope. They're hopeless. There's no way out. And so they just end it all. That doesn't end it all. And so verse 8 said, you know, we, we, we pass from this, this uh, uh, not having hope uh, uh, to a place uh, uh, of, of salvation. Verse 8 said, for by grace are you saved through faith. There has been a, a many a person who have left the faith and they backslid on God. And they feel hopeless this morning. They feel uh, uh, helpless. Second Peter 2 and 22 said, It happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the sow that was washed to the walling in the mire. You know, I, I read to you there in, uh, in the Hebrews uh, 10 and 38. said, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And so uh, you, you, you can go uh, away from God. You can draw back. You can go from there into apostasy. Jude wrote in 1 and 12, These are spots in your feast of charity. When they feast with you, <coughs> when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds that are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit uttereth, uh, withereth uh, without fruit, twice dead and plucked up by the root. Now, church, if you can never die after you've saved, if you can, uh, uh, you know, if you can never backslide, if you can never go back on God, how are these twice dead? Amen. You know, uh, you, you, you can backslide. There is a difference. We have what is known as uh, a hypocrite. Amen. Uh, Matthew 23 and 27 said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanliness. And so, church, you see what I'm talking about here? Uh, th there's many different stages in a, a relationship with God. Some people come to know God, and then for various reasons, they walk away from that. And they're, they're, uh, they're, they're wandering, uh, uh, clouds without water, clouds with, uh, you know, no fruit in them, no, uh, no, no uh, a hope in their lives. Revelation 3 and 15 tells of three different stages that you can go into. Number one, you'll either be hot or cold or lukewarm. That's the three stages. 
Matthew 13 and 3 said in the, in the story of the sower that went forth to sow, the different stages were, <coughs> number, uh, verse 4 was the wayside, the seed that was sown by the wayside. And then verse 5 was the stony place. And verse 7 was the thorn. And verse 8 uh, 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 was the good ground. And so in verse 18, and I'm trying to hurry because i got a ways to go. Verse 18, he said, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. And I'm going to tell you, the devil's going to do everything he can to rob you of what God is sowing in your heart. And if you don't understand that, he's going to take it away. He's going to put doubt in your mind. He's going to confuse you. And so uh, uh, he said, uh, 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 when, when uh, it is sown in these, is, uh, 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 which receives a seed by the wayside. He said, but here that uh, uh, he that receiveth the seed into stony place, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receive it, are happy when they first found that. Oh, that's their first love. And yet hath he not root in himself, but dure for a while. And when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. You know, we wonder about those that pray. And they really seem to get a hold of it. With joy, I mean, they get excited about it. But they go home, they never look at the Word of God. They never pray and ask God's guidance in their life. Because they don't really get it down deep in their heart. They come back to the house of God. The Spirit of the Lord moves among them. They get happy, they rejoice. They're happy in their soul. But he said, they have not root in themselves. But do it for a while, for when tribulation, I'm telling you, tribulation will come. Persecution will come. Amen. And he said, because of the word by and by, he is offended. And so he also that receives a seed among the thorns is he that heareth the words and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. Now he gets busy with all the things of life. And he gets busy, uh, uh, you know, pr providing for his family. And he sees ways of increasing that. And after a while, he's so busy. And I'm going to tell you, the devil will make it that you can be as busy as you can poss possibly handle. And you don't have time to kneel and pray, to steal away and seek God. To open God's word. And I wish I could help you this morning. The deceitfulness of riches chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. But he that receiveth seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also bear fruit. I'm telling you, when you hear the word and you understand what God's telling you, there's only one life to live. We're only passing through here one time. Seventy heartbeats a minute we march toward eternity. And you understand that after death is the judgment. We're all a judgment-bound people. We're going to march towards the judgment. We live our life 
as a tale that's told, the writer said. And church, you see that through the Bible. And that, there are many stages and many steps and many different people on this journey this morning. And you may be here this morning and, and, and you may be in one of these stages here that I mentioned. And you could be here and when you first got saved, you was on fire for God. You had a zeal uh, uh, for God and uh, a true believer. And maybe, maybe, <coughs> maybe you cooled off and you're not where you once was with God and you realize that. And so, you know, if you continue in that unchecked condition, and you don't do nothing about it, because God will check you. If you've cooled off, God's going to check you. He's going to try to get your attention because he don't want you in a lukewarm condition. You know, if you're in a cold condition, you don't even have any thoughts of God. But in a lukewarm condition, you do. And the Lord... Uh, you know, if he comes back and you're in that condition and you're not ready to meet God, brother, you'll be lost. That's the danger. You could be here this morning lukewarm and have enough until you want to uh, come to the house of God, but you're not willing to make a total surrender to God. Oh, God, help me this morning. But, you know, doing enough until you say, I think that's all he'll require of me. I think I'm all right. But God said, I... I'd rather you be hot or cold than to be lukewarm. Revelation 3 16. Because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. You know, the Laodicean church, which is uh, the last church age, and brother, we are in that stage of life this morning. This is the Laodicean age. Verse 17 said, Because thou sayest I am rich and increased in goods and have need of nothing. Preacher, I'm doing mighty good for myself. Huh? I have enough that I don't have to worry about it. I've got much goods laid up for many years. And so I said to myself, Soul, take thine ease. Huh? If I don't want to go to church today, I'll just stay home. Huh? Oh, the danger that we get in in these stages of life that we press towards eternity, church. This Laodicean church age. Because thou sayest I'm rich and increased in goods and have need of nothing. Huh? So many this morning are saying, I've got all I need. I don't need to pray more. I don't need uh, to move up and get closer to God. I'm close as I want to be. I go to church, preacher. I hear the preaching. I pray when they say stand and pray. I'm satisfied right where I am. I, I'm not a bad person. Huh? Come on, help me here, church. I don't need nothing God has to offer. Just leave me where I am until the rapture comes and just usher me on into the glory. Well, it's not so. It's not so. I don't know everybody's present standing in the eyes of God, church. But I want to tell you, if you're away from God this morning, except for two classes in this, there's the apostate and there's those that have blasphemed the Holy Ghost, you can return back to God. I remember Brother Ralph Lowry telling about a, 
an old man. I believe it was at Black Oaks Church there in Alabama. He told about an old man, Brother Philip. The old man felt like he couldn't get back to God. But he looked at the altar and he said, that's there for me. That's there for you. And he said there was a young man that sat behind him, deeply under conviction. That old man looked at that young man and said, son, you need to get saved while you're young, while you can. You need to get to God. You need to come to this altar. He said, in fact, I'll even go up there with you if you go. And the young man went and got saved. Brother Ralph said, I've never seen nothing like it in all my life. He's seen the necessity of the altar. He's seen the necessity of people getting saved, but he felt like he'd went too far. I've dealt with a man there in Alabama. He's in a nursing home now, had a stroke. I helped preach his wife's funeral. A good man. that got saved when he was a young boy, and he feels like he's reaping some of the seed he sowed, and, and he won't pray. He's putting God off. You know, his brother was the same way. I would deal with him and talk to him. And he'd say, preacher, he'd get sick, and I'd go visit him. He said, God's going to kill me one of these days if I don't get straightened out and get in the house of God. I said, Terry, come on back to God. I talked to Benny. Benny, come on back to God. I talked to his pastor uh, at, the, at the viewing Friday night, and he told me, he said, Brother Roger, he feels like he just put it off too long. So many people are in that condition. You know, there are those in the Bible who are, are like Judas. They never get back to God. It ain't that God wouldn't save them. They've convinced themselves in their mind there's no hope for them. Amen. You know, there are, there are those like Demas who forsook the way having loved this present world. I'm trying to hurry. And there's those like Hymenius and Alexander when Paul said in 1 Timothy had made shipwreck. And they made shipwreck and they feel like there's no hope for them. But I'm trying to preach to you this morning and tell you there is a way back to God. You can come back. God wants you to. Church, I want to tell you this morning we can get back with God. There, there is a road of reconciliation this morning that God wants to save you. God wants you to come back. We preach different in our services and the spirit is different from one service to another. But there is not a service that goes by that I would like nothing better than to throw out the lifeline to those that are lost. Every service church ought to be a service where we can reach out to the lost humanity and let them know that God is still in the saving business and he wants people to come to him. He said as many that would come unto him, he didn't know wise. It's not God's business to destroy somebody and send them to hell. God's business is to save. It's when you reject every opportunity that God sends you away that you'll die lost. Oh, I wish I could help you this morning. There may be times of rebuke, and you not like what the preacher has to say. But I want to tell you this morning, God is for restoration. God wants to save. God wants us to come back to him. 
if you've got cool in your heart, if you've drifted away from God. You know, when the prodigal son had, had went into the far country, what brought him back to his senses was a famine. And the number one way that God has of leading men and women back to him is through famine. Listen to what Bible said in Luke 15 and 14. And when he had spent all. You know, as long as you're prospering, the devil will fuel your mind and your desire with everything else but the things of God. You get so busy you don't have time to pray. You get so busy you don't have time to look at the word of God. You get so busy you don't have time to come to the house of God. Oh, preacher, I'm too busy. When you're so busy, you can't come to the house of God. When you're so busy, you can't pray. You're too busy. So he said, and when he had spent all, I'm telling you, when you run out of funds, huh? you have a different thought then. When you can't go to all the hot spots of the world, you have different thoughts. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land. And he began to be in want. Huh? You know, when you see how bad sin really is, you want to get back to God. When you see how far down that road. I, I talked to a friend of mine not long ago, and he said, Preacher, he's been out for many, many years. He said, I didn't intend to stay out there this long. So many don't, but the devil will do everything he can to keep you out there. It's when the pleasures of the seasons of, of sin begin to fade that that individual remembers how good it was at the Father's house. Huh? When all the joy and all the glamour fades away and you realize, I'm on my way to eternity. And I'm lost and I'm away from God. I want to ask you this morning, are you praying for the backslider? I met some in town and they put on a big front. But Brother Philip, I, I wondered when they were all alone, how is it? You know, the sinner can put on a big front when everybody's around and all the, and the devil tries to blind out. The Bible said the God of this world had blinded their eyes, lift the light of the glorious gospel. He shined unto them. The devil don't want you to see the reality of life. And so when all the gaiety is gone and all your friends are gone, and you're all on. I, I, you know, church, the devil will offer you plenty of husk that the swine eat. Huh? He'll offer you all that. When you run out of all your resources and all you got is the habit the devil gives you. The addiction the devil put on you. Huh? Oh, help me preach here for a little while. When all life holds for you they're just finding enough money. I went to school with a boy, Brother Philip, and I graduated with him. He went to Vietnam. He came back an alcoholic. Had a, had a sweet little family. But all he could think about is another bottle. So he went around town bumming enough money to buy a cheap bottle of wine to get him through the day. I'm telling you, that's where the devil takes you to. Some have left the father's house where the manna was plenteous to eat what the devil has to offer. And after a while, it's a bitter pill. 
That road down sin's lane is a bitter pill. You know, the children of Israel spake against God and against Moses, and they said, there are numbers 21, our soul loatheth this light bread. They didn't want what God had to offer them, church. It, it, it troubles me when people come to the house of God and God begins to move and, and they're not satisfied with what God has to offer them because the devil is lying to them. He's telling them it's better out there in the world. The children of Israel, the devil so lied to them, they thought it was better in Egypt than it was. Because of their disobedience, they were roaming around uh, there in, in the wilderness. And they thought, it's better back there when we had the leeks and the garlic. It wasn't better. The devil always paints the gaiety. He never shows those on Beringer Ward in, in, in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. Those there that, that's dying with lung cancer. Because of, of their smoking, because of, uh, of different things. Brother, the devil never shows. He always shows that pretty picture at Marlboro Country. I'm telling you, Marlboro Country will take you, amen, and destroy your health and leave you empty. If you feel like you're uh, going through a famine in your life, Maybe God is trying to draw you back to him before you get too far out there until you can't find the road back. Esau, the Bible said, tried to find that road back. He sought it bitterly with tears, but he found no place to get off of that merry-go-round that he was on. Oh, I wish I could help you this morning. Our loved ones get on that merry-go-round of sin. And it starts out real happy and gay. The Bible said there's pleasures in sin, but it's only for a season. After a while, brother, it's hard work going to hell. That's why the Bible said the way of a transgressor is hard. It's a long road down that road. These are some of those people that it looks like they must... Hit rock bottom before they can ever get back to God. Oh, Jonah. Jonah didn't want to preach to those Ninevites until God let him hit the bottom of the mountain out of the belly of hell. He said, I cried unto the Lord. And the Lord heard him and brought him back out of that awful place he was in. And that, that well spit him out upon the ground. I'm telling you, he hit the ground running. He was ready to go preach to those Ninevites. And he preached with such force and such anointing until they believed what he was preaching. And the Bible said they repented in sackcloth. I'm telling you, church, when people realize how hot hell is and how long eternity is, brother, the alternative, God has made a way back to him. Those that left the father's house and thought they had big time out there in the world. Some of them haven't reached bottom yet. Some will reap it in their children. Drag them out of the house of God. Introduce them to all the things the world has to offer. But brother, there's a reaping day after a while. Oh, when they began to be in want, the Bible said, You see, 
this prodigal son here, while he was spending it out, uh, he didn't care one thing about the father's house. He had plenty in his nest egg. Job had plenty in his nest egg there for a while. But in one day, his nest egg began to be emptied. And he realized the only hope is in God. Huh? You know, the Bible said here, And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Now, church, when you realize the only hope you have is in God. Amen. Amen. Number two this morning, Hosea 11 the Bible said, I drew them with cords of a man and with bands of blood. You know, church, if God can at all, he'll be good to the backslider. He'll go the uttermost limit to try to reach them before they go too far. My heart's been troubled about an individual that walked away from God. He let all the things going on around him discourage him, and he walked away. He's supposed to be in church today. I pray God will turn him back around and let him find the way back to him. I don't know about you, but that's enough for me to keep on praying for the lost. Huh? You know, after the plagues was fallen on the children of Israel, and the Bible said took a censer there in Numbers chapter 16, and he took it off the altar, and the Bible said, and ran into the midst of the congregation, and behold, the plague was begun among the people and he put on incense and made an atonement for the people and he stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stayed. I'm trying to hurry. Can I tell you, when anybody gets a burden on their heart, somebody that's lost, and they begin to pray for them, God sees that church. God understands that burden that you have for your lost people. There's some that are out there this morning that may be wounded, but, but it could be your prayer that helps them bring them back to him. You know, Brother, Brother Barnett, and I've mentioned it before, Brother Barnett told me, he said, Brother Roger, he said, I was so burdened for my son. And he said, I was praying one day, and I said, God, how often do you deal with my son? And he said, God spoke to me and said this, every time you pray for him, I dealt with him. I'm telling you, church, we need to lift them up in prayer. Lot may be in heaven this morning, but he can thank Abraham for that. Abraham stood before God there in Genesis 18. I'm trying to hurry. Somebody come to the piano. I'm going to quit here. Abraham drew near, and he said, Will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? How many of our people will God place in the hand of protection if you and I will pray for them? I remember a man told me, he said, I don't worry too much. My mom will pray me out of trouble. It'll be good for a while, but after a while, the limitation runs out. Huh? Oh, we've got people that quit praying. They give up hope. Those loved ones would ever be saved. Don't ever do that, church. How would you like to go to heaven and find out if you'd have prayed just a little bit longer, they may be saved? You know, Genesis 19 and 16, the Bible said, And while 
He lingered. The men laid hold. It's his lot here. The men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters. The Lord being merciful. And God is merciful. There are some places in this world a Christian ought not to go. Ought not to associate. I need to quit. When Naomi, I'm going to say this and I'm going to close. Come, come put the pen. Amen. Naomi, uh, she had lost her husband. She had lost her two sons. And she realizes here that her only hope was to get back to Bethlehem. Get back to the house of God. So the Bible said in Ruth 1 and 6, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited his people and given them bread. I remember Brother Philip when I was lost. I was away from God running with conviction. Every time they was in revival here at the tabernacle, every time that I get around, they would be talking about what God was doing at the tabernacle. And they begin to name those that God saved. Uncle James, it got so hold to my heart. I didn't let them know it, but I wanted to listen. Who else got saved? And it built up hope inside of me to let me know, Brother Steve, God is still saving. God's still reaching. He's reaching this morning in prayer. Early this morning, I felt the presence of God. God wants you to come back home. God don't want you to be lost. He said, so they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. The devil made me to believe that Brother Roydale, that nobody cared. But that night I prayed. My dad knelt on one side. My grandpa Horn knelt on the other side. They helped pray me through to salvation. They care. Naomi, they care. Oh, when she came back to Bethlehem, the Bible said, all the people were gathered about them. I'm telling you this morning, it ought to really move us, church, when a sinner comes back to God. I watched them the other night, Brother Philip, after your message, such a tremendous message, knelt and prayed. I'm telling you, I'm not talking just sinners. You may be a child of God, but you're burdened down. You've been in the fire. Brother, the church cares. That's why they gathered over here, Brother Nick, Sister Lisa. That's why they gathered around you, because they care. When you're in the heat of battle, thank God our church family, Brother James, cares. God ain't willing that any should perish. That's why he goes to the uttermost extent of time and life. To bring you back to him. God wants you to come back home. Stand with me all over the house.
God wants you to come back. He opens a door this morning. You're here. You're away from God. You're cold and indifferent in your soul. God wants you to come back. Pray with me, Father God. Lord, I've done my best. Preach what I felt like you dealt with my heart days ago. Oh, God. God, I know I ain't nothing. I ain't nobody. But God, your spirit is dealing with heart this morning. Oh, God, will you bring them back? This church has been known of it as a church that reaches out to those that are lost. And God, it's your good pleasure to restore them back into the fold. With open arms, Lord, you're reaching this morning in the hearts. God, you know every individual here, I know not. And Lord, they don't have to tell me or nobody else. All they have to do is come to you. You say, come boldly unto the throne of grace. And you may obtain mercy and find help. There's help in these altars today. God's reaching and knocking at heart's door. Whether you're a sinner or a saved person, you've got burdens of life that's troubling your mind and discouraging you. Bring them to the altar this morning. These altars are open while they sing. Would you come? Would you come? Everyone that will, come. Let's seek the Lord. Sinner friend, would you come with the saints of God as they gather around these altars this morning? I preach my heart to you this morning.
most everything But I'm happy now to say There's nothing like religion In the good old-fashioned way I'm walking in the old-time way And I want the world to go There are better be an old-time Christian Lord Than anything I know I'd rather be an old-time Christian Lord Than anything I know Oh, I'm walking in the grand old highway, telling everyone 